the F1 pod. This week we are doing our track walk. We are covering the Turkish Grand Prix and the new Schumacher documentary. And if you hear any chewing in the background, it's not Erica eating corn on the cob. <laughs> it is Mario eating his bone, the man who controls all of us. And he's just in the background, hoping he doesn't pee on the floor this time, <laughs> hoping he behaves. Hoping we could cover the whole thing without any pauses. Um, so I guess we're leading into the Schumacher documentary, I believe, Matthew. Yes, we all watched the documentary. Oh, introductions. Hi, oh. Whitney. I'm Matt. Erica. I'm Ash. And we're going to talk about the Schumacher documentary that we finally got around to watching. Um, we actually got together, the four of us, and made a point to all watch it together. And uh, wanted to just do a quick review, quick thoughts of everyone. We haven't really talked much about it since we've seen it. I'll start with you, Ashish. You were the one who is the longest so, fan in this in this pod. And what were your thoughts? Did it do enough? So, well, on a on a scale of one to ten, I would give it a solid seven. I think it could have been much better, but I'm also comparing it to the Senna documentary. Mm-hmm. which I don't yeah. know. I think that's the gold standard yeah. in terms of F1 driver biographies. This one, I think, was a little bit too controlled. I think it was very, there was a very specific narrative. I think they obviously did it because uh, his family had a lot of involvement in it. They tried to show some of the more competitive aspects of his career, but they glossed over a lot of things. Uh, Like in 2006, when he deliberately was ruled to have uh, crashed his car in qualifying uh, in Monaco to prevent Fernando Alonso from getting pole. Because uh, Alonso was challenging him for uh, a a driver's championship. And and so those kinds of incidents, uh, they kind of just either ignored or glossed over. I think it was nice to see that they covered a lot of his racing career for people who may not be familiar but i'd say solid seven out of ten what did you think matt i'm gonna use rotten tomatoes scoring style <laughs> are we all doing different scoring <laughs> i'm gonna give it a tomato but just barely i'm i'm with you around the seven range i'm gonna give you i'm gonna give it like a 73 percent certified fresh mm-hmm. it's certified it's uh it's close. I think it doesn't have to be 80 to be certified fresh. I thought it needs like 70-something different wine. I thought it for a certain period of time had to be above 73 or 75% for like a week. And then it was certified fresh. I think what <laughs> I think the, the part that I think they skimped over, as much as Ashish, I agree that, you know, they, they kind of left out some of the battles. They barely even touched on the five straight cha- championships. <laughs> yeah. Like they got straight to the first one and then they just were like, and then he went into a coma. It just kind of ended abruptly. It felt like they left a lot of meat on the bone. I have a friend of mine at work who I was talking to it about and he was like, dude, I was really disappointed after the first one. I felt like it was like a five-part series or something. It was almost like incomplete. Yeah. I I just looked it up on Rotten Tomatoes. 55%. Yikes. Yikes. I feel um, like you should have waited to tell us that after we all gave score. our thoughts on it. I too am giving it a fifty. Well, <laughs> I, I, I pulled the Rotten Tomato scoring style. So, yeah. what, what do you think, Winnie? I, I think like 
I think it was good. I think it gave a good overview of him. But to your point, after seeing the Senate documentary, and I kind of base it off how Whitney reacts to is kind of a newer fan to all this, where like, I felt like she walked away more impressed from Senna than she was from Schumacher. And I was just, yeah, I just felt like there was more to talk about with Mm -hmm. with, uh, with Schumacher. I think also in the past, what, two years, we've watched so many good sports documentaries on how they should be done like michael jordan's the last dance i know you're a pistons fan was a phenomenal documentary really well done and they didn't gloss over anything they talked Mm -hmm. about him punching steve kerr in the face during practice just really went into it i think for this one it was an hour and a half and you don't like at the end you're like what information did they cover in an hour and a half because they went from 2000 to 2004 within I think five minutes, less than five minutes. They completely skipped over it. I do like though how, yes, they, they do leave, they do edit some of the worst things that he does out. So like 2006, but they also, I don't think completely sugarcoat it. And they also are honest that he didn't have a whole lot of friends in F1. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me of a lot of the top tier athletes that are, you know, in all sports, like Kobe didn't have a whole lot of friends on his team. Lewis Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton kind of keeps to himself. You know, there, there's very rarely there's a LeBron James. There's a lot of Michael Jordans, a lot of yeah. singular people mm-hmm. around. And it seemed like Michael Schumacher was like that. Tom Brady. Tom Brady, again. I also am a little jealous because they talked about how he could turn off his his job when he went home i wish i could do that <laughs> so, yeah it did. So what's your score i would probably give it a i would probably give it a 65 because comparing it to Sinas, which was just so good and mm-hmm. then uh michael jordan's and i think we were we watched like a bunch of 30 for 30 documentaries just in general during mm-hmm. COVID. it wasn't great but it wasn't terrible i mean they they kept some of the stuff there i wish they had covered more i wish i wish it had been a series versus a, a movie yeah i'm gonna go with matt and i'm gonna give it three and a half stars five. <laughs> <laughs> i mean it was it was really fascinating it was a really interesting look at the first part of his life but yeah my problem was it stopped i yeah. mean before they got to the story that everybody knows and you know who knows maybe they're planning a documentary on when he won and his years at ferrari and that's why they didn't delve into it but it was really interesting seeing his early life and more of his personal life because I don't think that that was something that was widely known mm-hmm. and widely shared, especially in the days before social media. But if, I think the other thing is he's still alive. Right. And I think that's a big aspect of it. And at the end of the film, they said he always kept us out of his public life. We're trying to do the same for him. So sure. I get why certain things were not you know like the bad stuff wasn't delved into as deeply but i think that for what it was it was good i think if they wanted to do a rush style movie on one of his seasons at ferrari like that would be awesome but yeah it was the jump over ferrari was a little bizarre honestly so so much meat on the bone that they could totally just like drop a part two yeah and it would still work I think it would have to be a remake 
Like, I think if they got the guys who <laughs> made the, the Senna documentary, like, I think there was a couple of things, right? So in, in the Senna documentary, there was all just race footage or there was just footage. Like all the talking heads, like there was no interview. Like everybody was in the background, right? And mm. over here, there was a lot of interviews with his family and things like that, which I appreciated. But I think also they probably had a lot of hand in kind of shaping this, which is probably why it came out the way it which I mean, look, um, who's, who's to blame him, right? I mean, he can't really defend himself, I don't think, right now. No, right. But maybe like you said, maybe they wanted to highlight the part that people don't remember are truly no-no. So they, they talked about his first few years in F1, mm. whereas people probably know him for his Ferrari years. So maybe right. they were like, we're going to highlight this. Also, those 90s fits were awesome. superior. <laughs> I, you know what? Bring back the seven-up sponsorships. That honestly should be what they think about is instead of doing a Schumacher doc is do like a Ferrari doc and really get into like that time period for Ferrari as a team. Yeah. And mm-hmm. even though Schumacher is a huge part of it, I mean, I think one of the things people realize when they get into Formula One is how much it's like, it's not just the driver. There's so much more to it. And, and I think that's what makes it really interesting is just because there are so many layers to it. So that, that would be cool. I mean, it's, it's Ferrari's last like true era of dominance. Until Charles pulls out the next one. <laughs> yeah, I think one, one interesting thing is how when you talk to drivers today, like a lot of them will cite Senna as an influence uh-huh. with the exception of Vettel but not a lot of them emulate Schumacher or talk about him in in those terms. I think he has this reputation of kind of being very clinical, whereas Senna has this reputation, whether it's true or not, to be more passionate, to be more like Brazilian, you know, somebody yeah. to be admired as opposed to, you know, he kind of has this tragic story drying on the track and all this other stuff, whereas Schumacher, I think they kind of just treat more as a businessman or you know something along those lines it's, as opposed to somebody that they want to look up to and be which is well, kind of it's kind of like not to blur sport lines here but if you look at like men's national teams for soccer and you compare brazil to germany germany is very much like the tactical um doesn't really make mistakes club while brazil is kind of the flashy fast moving counter-attack club that everyone Sloppy. loves to watch so <laughs> i mean germany, Viva mexico i mean Ger- germany did win seven to one uh famously a couple of world cups ago in that huge match in brazil so like mm-hmm. there's there's some bad blood there but i kind of compared to that where like it's just kind of a culture thing i think people are more attracted to the passion the fire mm-hmm. where well, you know just the german personality yeah. it's kind of like you know there was a thing going on instagram today where they're making fun of oh uh, instagram is working today <laughs> at the end of the day <laughs> when instagram started working where Vettel was making fun of Valtteri because he was like is there a word for excited in, in <laughs> and then lewis like jumped in is like yeah it's probably something like huh <laughs> <laughs> So I think it's a kind of a culture thing as well, where it's easier to gravitate towards a Senna just because like, you know, he had the girls, he had the, you know, he, he was yeah. what you would imagine a race car driver to be where Schumacher kind of had like family he was life. The, he was the better yeah. Danny Ricardo of the, of his day. Are you saying like Danny Ricardo was the personality, the, 
the liveliness. Yeah, not actually, the wins, I mean, a little but, bit, but yeah, yeah, a little bit. But I mean, look at how many people. I mean, we're all drawn to Danny, Danny Rick because sure. he has a great personality, personality and he's fun and he's fun to follow and watch on interviews and right. stuff like that. You know, it's not like no. this flat. Okay, yeah, whatever. Like you're no fun to interact with as a fan. So. Yeah. Well, Why would I? Erica, Since... you, you mentioned the next great Ferrari run. <laughs> it won't start this year, but it may start next. <laughs> Here's hoping. <laughs> As the 2022 calendar is starting to come together, and it sounds like there will be 23 races next year. Um, but there's a little bit of controversy as well as far as some of the sites that have been selected. Most notably, a new contract with Qatar, <clears throat> Qatar, however you pronounce it. A 10-year contract before they've ne- they've never raced there before. Correct me if I'm wrong. They've never raced at this track before. They signed a 10-year contract out of nowhere. And, you know, the Middle East is certainly taking a stronghold on the calendar. Any thoughts? Money. Money, money, money. money. Gotta pay the bills. Cash is that really is what king. it is, though, Ashish? It, it, it is, right? I mean, right. It, that's for sure. <laughs> If, if you think about where Formula One has historically raced, like, you know, obviously everybody wants to race in the U.S. because it's the biggest car market in the world, right? Europe is the birthplace of Formula One. They've been racing there for hundreds of years. So there is this history. You have China, which is an upcoming market. So it totally makes sense to do there. Japan has been a leader in technology and they have, you know, Honda racing. But the Middle East, I mean, one, there are no drivers from there. Two, there's not a long history of racing. And three, it's not like it's populated enough to have a big car market. So the only reason to race there is because all of these governments are paying Formula One to come and race there. And they're not making money off of these races. It's it's just a publicity show, right? Because that's that's all it is. They're just buying goodwill and good publicity on the international stage. Why not go to a country like India or do more races in North America? I guess they've got yeah. they have one in Canada. They have three in North America. They have they, one in each North American country. One in each country. Well, they're gonna make it four because it's Austin and Miami. Right. Yeah, right. That's true. Yeah. I mean, maybe add one in South America and Argentina. I don't know if they have a racetrack pedigree. I don't know. I just feel like you could spread the love a little bit. <laughs> I, I think they could. I think that they, they, there's a lot of racetracks that are that have the that are up to the FIA standards, right? So each each racetrack has to either you have an existing racetrack that meets the safety standards of the FIA, or you have the will to build one. And there are a lot of like tracks like Hockenheim, Norbergring, you know, that uh, don't have these types of deals, but in recent years, it's been the oil-rich countries like Azerbaijan with Baku, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, Bahrain, Abu Dhabi, all of them are, and even Vietnam, like these are all government-sponsored races where they're just coming to Formula One and saying, we need, you know, we can't wait for the Olympics. We can't wait for the FIFA World Cup to happen every four years. This is our chance to show people how welcoming and how modern and how fantastic we are. You know, it's just, it's just publicity. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I kind of wanted to go to Azerbaijan after watching the race. I mean, Baku looks like a really cool city. The fortress you just awesome. wouldn't have many rights. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of the thing that um, we were looking at a, a chart like a few days ago about governments and where the races are held, and I, it went from all of the races together equaling like one democratic kind of state, and now with the additions of some of these places that are not so democratic, it's now, what is it? Um, hybrid regime. Hi- hybrid regime, yeah, which 
not to get too political, kind of, I'm not super happy about it. But I mean, I, also, here's the thing is I've gone to, I've gone to Cuba before where in the U.S. they're like, it's not, you know, it's not safe. You have a perception of a country that you've never been to because of what you've heard. And then going there, they're lively, great people. And obviously there are, are some aspects of the country that need a lot of help, but it's not as crime ridden as we would think of or as it's been it's been advertised here. So when you think of these countries, are we thinking that this is what it is or is it our perception? Well, but and then yeah, there's right? good right. there's good people everywhere, but it's like the it's mainly the treatment of the people. Sure. It's right. it's the main is right is the main thing. Well I, I think F1's problem, and I think kind of circling back to the Schumacher documentary, we can't really have another Michael Schumacher. It takes so much money to be in this sport and to host this sport that that's what's driving all of this. I mean, you have to go to the countries with money. You can only have the drivers mm-hmm. who are children of other drivers because they're the only people <laughs> who have enough money yes. or they're sons of billionaires. I mean, Ocon is the one exception to that rule well, yeah, Lewis too, yeah. yeah. But it's it's really turned into a sport where I don't know who will see come up the ranks anymore because it's so expensive. Well, and Alex I think that that's on. But I mean, again, we're like picking out like one, two people, right. people here. And like, yeah, they've made it to F1, but it's the money that drives the sport is so... I mean, it's such, it's, it is the driving factor. And I guess it is disappointing too, that they're picking countries that don't really seem to have a youth structure to bring in more racers. Yeah. Where you do look like an Alex, look at like Alex Albon. I guess he's British though, or he's, he's from Britain originally. Yeah. He's Thai British. He's got Thai yeah. hair. That's always Thai British, right? Yeah. As. So yeah. I don't know if he's born in thailand i might be wrong he was born in the uk oh yeah so he was born in the uk but he has thai heritage but i mean there's there's not much like that to y'all's point where it's like it seems like it always has to be the money i mean hell we were looking at we're in the united states there's not a single united states driver u.s based driver yeah but look at the fact that the popularity of formula one this year alone has jumped what was it 40 percent right so yeah in 20 years we'll probably have some drivers maybe i think we had our children you ready matthew (laughs) 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 so i mean as far as the overall calendar goes again looking like to be from march through november when it comes to our u.s audience they are fighting against football for the tail end of the season i have been interested like i've been kind of following a little bit of how much chatter some of the local folks have during football season compared to what they were over over the summer and it does die down a little bit i mean it does doesn't quite have the precedence now what saves f1 in my eyes is the fact that it is so early you can watch it before anything else starts yeah so it's you know it's not that long term of a commitment like you know there's other sporting events that are a little bit longer but what do y'all think about that calendar too i mean it's a lot it's a lot of races it's a lot of races. Which as a, a lot fan, of that's of great, but... It's almost baseball season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not quite. Close, but not quite. It's 163, Two. 62 games. Yeah. <laughs> But I wonder, you know, as more and more races are being added, how it's going to impact the drivers. I mean, that is a lot of travel. Uh, The shipping costs. Yeah. 
The shipping costs too, yeah. I mean, just the cost to operate again goes, you know, continues to go. I mean, this year they they went from, uh, I mean, they're traveling all over the place this year. Mm-hmm. They're having to go to, where are they going after Mexico? Is it not Brazil? It's after Brazil. After Brazil. No, they're doing. Um, the schedule too. I think it's Middle East. So they're doing, they're doing Turkey. Then two weeks later, they're in the U.S. on the 24th. Then they are in two weeks later, they're in Mexico on the 7th. Then a week later in Brazil, a week later in Qatar. That's then a, yeah. two weeks so they, they have to go Saudi from Arabia, Brazil to Qatar and then, in three days. <laughs> yeah. Well, this, that's why they, they have, I think, two sets of pit equipment. So they position mm-hmm. them because that's the only way to do it. Like you can't wrap everything up. So I think that's, that's the logistics cost of it. But yeah, it's going to be, if you tack on like preseason testing, it's pretty much going to be a year round sport. You're going to start that stuff in February now, have a few days of that. So you almost have preseason. And I don't know when, when these guys have a break other than the summer break for a little bit. But that's it. Summer, and then you get half of December and January off. It's a lot of driving. Plus, sprint you know, races will be at about 30% of those races. So at least six or six or seven races will have that sprint race on that yeah. weekend. So qualifying on Friday, sprint race, race, turn around, do that again. Like, it's going to be brutal, man. Well, then you're talking rain races, too. Like, the more you extend it, the more weather you're going to get but the window that they're racing in is technically smaller than it was this year i mean we're going through early december this year they're saying that they're going to in mid-november do you think there's going to be more burnout then like the tires like the tires <laughs> no i'm just i'm just saying you know like, there's so few drivers that are danny rick's age in f1 right now i think he's the only one of that era uh-huh. right now they're all older and kind of just enjoying themselves yeah <laughs> have children uh, hanging out except for with the exception but of no the it's saying you have the older and then you have the children yeah and then the children <laughs> then you have lando <laughs> but you have people who are lando's age who they can afford to just kind of keep moving and moving and moving and thinking about i guess the idea of a family life after your career isn't really on the forefront so do you think a lot of people once they get to like 30 they're like shit <laughs> do i do i keep going year round or do i try to find you got people hitting dip? 100 races after five seasons yeah yeah it's just I, a lot it's uh, to me that's just it it is but i do think that there's also a little bit of a caveat of this really is profession of passion yeah like if you don't love what you do you're not going to be an f1 driver really that's what's going to keep driving these guys and that's why they are where they are the car is going to keep driving them erica <laughs> the car and their passion <laughs> well, I mean, but yeah i think that there is a potential for burnout and realizing that they're doing the same thing that they've always done but i think that that's anyone in the public eye i mean look at lewis yeah yeah, yeah he certainly has his moments too speaking of lewis and we look ahead to this weekend as we dove our way over to the Turkish Grand Prix. Grand Prix. Wow. Grand Prix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing news that it looks like it might rain again oh my God. this weekend. I don't know what rain dance we did before spa, but ever <laughs> it since. It was my wish. It was my all, birthday wish. Like, Stop. Too much power. No more. No more. My 30th birthday wish threw everything off. It's a Disney Channel movie. <laughs> I mean, I think that we're all a little scarred from spa. I think if spa had not happened, we would still be thrilled at the potential for every rain race. But 
we've been hurt really badly and it's hard to trust well so i wanted to ask you guys would would you prefer would you prefer (laughs) a a rain race where it's pouring down at the beginning or would you rather more of what happened in the race with lando when he was in first dropping the seventh no where it starts raining the final like i hated that race i will say that i did not like last race because the same freaking thing happened we had a great like oh this is a new it's spicy this is a new lineup great hamilton's gonna podium per usual but verstappen's out of it botas is down like we gotta mix up and then what happens it's freaking lewis hamilton max verstappen and then botas i don't know how thank you announcers went from 12th to 5th in the matter of one lap and it's just the same thing it's the status quo again i could have cared less so uh, i want i want a nice race beautiful sun lando doesn't have to keep pitting because we know he's not going to listen to anybody so just let him drive let them drive Slim race, guys. No safety cars either. Oh, I want there to be rain. It's going to rain on Saturday, at least looking at it right now. Hey, it's going to rain during qualifying. And I think right now, the way the forecast is, which is obviously going to change, there's only a 25% chance of rain when the race starts around, around noon. So... It could be wet qualifying, and it could be kind of a variable, variable race. But the thing is, if it does, if it's a dry race, and you still get hamperbot, and if it's a wet race, right? Like, I mean, if you want, rain is the only thing that can kind of throw the the cat amongst the pigeons, and at least cause some drama to to shake it up. Which I don't know. McLaren seems to be the the team that's the rain lately like that right. just shakes things up yeah. right. they reign supreme in the rain wow <laughs> wow wow I, I do okay i would like to know that winnie is covering her face because she knows how terrible that was it's not a really long day <laughs> i do think that we are going to start getting back to more like red bull mercedes finishes more consistently than we have the past you know five races i say that as we just finished having a hamilton <laughs> versus stop in one two i do think we see more of you know the, the i keep watching the, the mclaren ferrari battle and i just mm-hmm. think that one's the one that's really fun to watch too the fight for first and the fight for third like those yeah. are those have been super interesting a, a wet qualifying almost makes it better i think because because George is going to put it in P2 again. <laughs> well, it's, and it's, it's proven to be so hard to pass with these cars this season. Like even yeah. races where you're hoping that there are like there's action, there hadn't mm-hmm. been. So I think having it in qualifying is almost as good as anything because then you're like, okay, you're setting up the grid. I mean, if you have McLaren, Ferrari, one, two again, it might actually finish like that with a dry race. Yeah say about that <laughs> <laughs> well the other interesting thing about about turkey is, that might be a repeat of last race is verstappen took his engine penalty in last race there's a possibility that hamilton takes a penalty in this race which if it rains may happen because mercedes want to swap out his engine and give him an additional engine to play with if it's supposed to rain in Istanbul, they may do the same math that red bull did and have him take the penalty and then charge his way up the field like max and that'll be a true apples to apples comparison of the mercedes mm-hmm. and lewis against max and the red bull so don't make the mistake i did and put max on pole so don't put hamilton on pole this time because he's probably gonna take a great <laughs> penalty and totally sit out of qualifying awesome yeah i should have thought about that but i didn't and i somehow 
my fantasy is just in the pits i I just (laughs) at this point i'm like ocon one claire two um based on the weather (laughs) it's like the only way you can get real movement though like i'm i've been stuck in fourth for like the past five oh no you're in four oh my god (laughs) guys Someone's got to carry the pot. (laughs) (laughs) Our number one person, first of all, Sheldon, spent $10 and got a bigger budget than everybody else. And didn't tell anyone else. He bought the bigger bank. He, He doesn't count. He doesn't count. He bought. Yeah. He, he totally yeah. pulled a Lance. This is, this or, is the problem uh, Daddy with Stroll F1. in this like. Was like <laughs> he's playing by the real F one rules. We're just little old Williams just trying to get by. Chugging along. No, I'm Haas trying to sell my soul to Russia and <laughs> just trying to get sponsored. Russia's like ignoring your calls. <laughs> Well, I do hope that we get some rain this weekend. I mean, I like a rain race. I'm still heartbroken over Sochi. I hate the rain at the last five laps, apparently. Oh my God, my heart, yeah. Let's just do beginning rain and nice ending. And have another hungry. Are, yes. are you guys watching anywhere? You're out of town. Right? I'm out of town, so I'm not here. Yeah. Whitney We're... and I are doing a 5K, so maybe we'll watch it then go, pull go up, run pull in up, the rain. Pull up the old F1 TV on your phone. When we, yeah. yeah, well, when we say 5K, we're we're doing it with the puppy, so it's it's not going to be a, a real, it won't be real quick. race. It won't yeah. be fast. It won't be quick. We're going to be, again, it's going to be a Haas level uh, kind of race for mm-hmm. us, hanging out in the back, just trying to finish. See oh if God. Mario makes a spin out. We, yeah. should, <laughs> we should totally get Mario like F1 team branded harness with like... <laughs> All of the sponsors. How much are you going to spend on merch? Maybe this can be a business expense. Like, can we just charge off all of our gear as a business expense? <laughs> but like, imagine Zeke with like, and Zeke's Ashish's dog. Uh, imagine Zeke with this full harness and it's got like the Mercedes Patronus labeling on the side. Zeke's going to be Alpine. He's going to be like the total French blue <laughs> the, the rooster. Come on. You know this. We no, know this. Mario's Ferrari. He's an Italian. Mario's Ferrari. Yeah. yeah. We'll we'll get him a, a UPS sticker, a shell <laughs> sticker. I'll tell you what, the red would look good on him too, because he's got a black fur, so it would look yeah. really good. He's devastated you should just that get, we don't move on like Comos, really. Just how it was. You should just get like a red tape, a white tape, and a blue tape and make him look like Leclerc's <laughs> Ferrari, because that's exactly what Mario would look like. <laughs> We'll try. As long as he doesn't wear any hats by uh, on his head, he's he's fine. He's okay with outfits. So he doesn't want to wear a bandana like Charles. <laughs> yeah, no. His 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 graduation hat was the last thing we could get on his head. Which that took some some uh, coaxing. Well, uh, a lot of treats. <laughs> Well, oh Matt, I wanted to ask you like any uh, data on uh, any shout outs for any of our listeners. I know <laughs> that we basically haven't been promoting on social media, and we're, we're I mean, we're, we're, we're consistently level. We had a big drop when it came to the poor, um, the, those times when we were traveling over the summer. Sorry, guys, <laughs> we had to go travel. I mean, look, we have shout out to the ladies. 43% of our listeners are females. Go Find girls. me an F1 pod that yes. has that. Um, <laughs> shout out to the ladies. How about the bros? 57% filling out the rest of our crew. And most of the people age range are 28 to 34. Shout out to Danny Rick. And our friends. Bring it in. Yeah. 
Thanks, Danny, yeah, thanks, for friends. personally <laughs> listening to our pod. Um, we have a 35 to 44, so Vettel also listened. <laughs> nice. Uh, which is exciting. 60 plus, Alonzo. There he is. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, though, to that point, I know we're supposed to be doing shout outs, but to that point, it feels like every single like throwback incident moment always has to do with Alonzo. <laughs> Every single time they show something like this is a great moment in Formula One history. Fernando Alonso goes up against blank. It's, it's, it's the past 25 years. Sometimes imagine like if they did like an office style sitcom, but with F1 drivers, Alonso would be the creed of the group. Like he's just like does his own thing in the background. 100%. Like just takes a toner out of the printer, dyes his hair black. He's like, I'm still hip. I'm still with it. <laughs> Oh, uh, maybe that'll be our next track walk. Uh, what color hair Alonso? <laughs> I mean, cast uh, drivers in popular sitcoms. 77% of the listeners are in the United States. Out of those states, we pretty much have every single state on here. Idaho, did your parents listen? Mm-hmm. Yes. You know. <laughs> My mom likes that joke. <laughs> Sorry for calling you out, mom. Oh, yeah. No, that was not pertaining to Erica's oh, family. But she does like but that. But the joke. Idaho, Utah, you, you can't let that one slip when it's right there in front of you. Uh, we got Ohio, stand up. Uh, Wisconsin, to name another state. <laughs> <laughs> what about countries? Any, anything interesting? Anybody from Monaco? Then we know for sure we have a uh, yeah, I got Sweden, Brazil. I'm just gonna name ones that have races in it. Mexico. Afghanistan. Wait, nope, that's not it. <laughs> that's Mexico. You're looking at it. It's Mexico, right in front of you. It was a joke about the schedule next year. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just went right over your head. <laughs> you were it fits in with uh, the F1's prerogative. We've got Mexico. I mean, dude, the fact that we have Nepal. I mean, the way they portray Nepal out here is there's no internet access. And Did so you know just... that they have the Nepalese people have evolved to where they have bigger lung capacity yes. than anyone else in the world? Yeah, I do yes. actually know that. It's pretty cool. That's, that's why they. That's why they're great, great climbers. And we continue. <laughs> and we move forward to Finland, Netherlands, Philippines, in Ireland, what? Singapore, where there should be a race, uh, or there is or a race. Is there a race next year in Singapore? That yeah, the schedule has there to is. come out. Malaysia is the one where they don't have a race as of right now. Correct. Correct. But people want to race in Malaysia. Correct. Uh, there's Spain. We've got India, Germany, Belgium, which is like sideways Germany. Um, <laughs> we have quite a few Canadians. I... Yeah, 8% Canada. We've got uh, Quebec and Ontario. Ooh, Ontario. We have a stronghold in Ontario. Bonjour. That's, the... that's not... Hello. <laughs> <laughs> And we lost that stronghold just like that. <laughs> We're so sorry, Canada. <laughs> they say they bad with you. <laughs> Uh, you have that accent down, Pat. <laughs> hey, Valerie. Uh, and hey, you know what? <laughs> Look, our, our, our folks in the, in the Nairobi province of oh. Africa and, and Kenya, this is definitely the other F1 pod. And just want to know, we hear you, we recognize you, and we appreciate you for what you do as well, other f We're happy to have you here. Feel free to slide into the DMs because that would mean that you're listening <laughs> to this episode. And if you are, we can maybe help each other Hit us up. It'd be cool. Tell us what That'd be cool. Yeah, like. we'd love to chat. Pod. Well, with that, that's this week edition of the F1 Pod with a track walk to Turkey. 
not with a turkey. <laughs> Have a great day. <laughs>